Reading in Church, a proud partner with Audible.com. Previously on Reading in Church and Other Distractions. Which he, now he was doing it for a lot of reasons. He was doing it because he envisioned these psalms being used at an annual mm-hmm. festival that that celebrated God's kingship that you know he invented. But um, <laughs> <laughs> it it may have happened. I'm not saying it didn't. And there certainly are analogous ceremonies in other parts of the Near East. It's just there's absolutely no evidence it ever happened in Israel. Can other um, people see the ceremony? <laughs> No, no, nobody else. Well, <laughs> some can. I mean, you know, there's the ceremony in Assyria. I mean, there were kingship celebrations. All right, I don't want to. I don't want to mock him. Simon, I have a girlfriend. She she lives in Canada. <laughs> you don't know her. <laughs> my, my God's kingship ceremony is at another school. <laughs> yes, so. she goes to a different school. <laughs> yeah, it's a. Maybe, maybe, but... <laughs> Welcome to Reading in Church and Other Distractions with Rob and Mike. Well, welcome back to Reading in Church and Other Distractions. I am Robert Wallace. Is that on now? The podcast? It is. It is. The podcast is on. I am Michael McKeever. And these are the readings for Pentecost Sunday, June 9th, 2019, um, year C. So we have a lot of options to choose from today. Genesis 11 is where we're going to go for the Old Testament. Psalm 104, which we've done at least once, and I believe we've done twice uh, before. Uh, Acts 2, of course, and John 14. So uh, we'll do our selections there. Hope that you will like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter, at Reading in Church, in both of those places. Um, (coughs) We did a lot of our catching up before the podcast, uh, and... uh, you're already on the fast network connection this week, so we don't have to worry about the freezing in the middle. <laughs> so that some of our listeners get the bonus five minutes yeah. of hello, it was, hello. It was more like, Can you more hear like me? two minutes. Just seemed like five minutes. <laughs> yeah, I can't hear you. Can you hear me? Hello. <laughs> yeah. And and, and other, later in the podcast, I talk about like I don't listen to the podcast when I edit. It's like yes, <laughs> right. evident, evidently, evidently. So part was left. We in. got that. I had about three people text me, hey, I got the version with the extra. So <laughs> I'm just glad we didn't say a thing extra stupid. That's true. That's true. Glad we got all that out before we, we usually get that out before we start recording. Yeah, or edit it uh, out. Or, well, I've never known you to edit anything else. So. Well, yes. On this C, early always, last week. You always promise to edit it out, but... Uh, it's anyway. all gold, man. You go back to it, it's like, <laughs> what am I thinking? This is golden. This is quality. Quality stuff. Well, I am not in full voice yet, but I'm, I'm a lot closer than I was, so feeling, feeling much better. Okay, now that's that I'm good. N- no longer allergic to the medicine I was taking. So. I, have a, I have something residual. I don't know what it is, but I didn't get sick. I think it's just exhaustion from it is, it's, working on my What will happen is after you finally get moved to California, you will get very sick because will, your yeah. body will demand that you pay for what you have put it through. Checks yeah. come due, man. Yeah. <laughs> so. Right. All right. I'm ready to go if you are. I've been getting some uh, email. Um, oh, wow. That's exciting. And it's probably just a, a warning. Um, Uh-oh. It's not a question, but they're just telling us that if you listen to the podcast at night, you should yes. put the night shift on because we're so white that some people are kept up, <laughs> <laughs> kept awake. <laughs> well, well, we are pretty so, white. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. just think about that. Nothing I can yeah. do about that. They've day never heard shift. you play guitar if they or, say that. We're but. day shift. Yeah. Oh, speaking of, there's a really good, uh, have you seen this uh, Robert Johnson documentary on Netflix? 
No. Uh, no. Devil at the Crossroads. Oh, it was really good. Um, oh, okay. Keb, yeah. Keb Mo did some of the music in it, and uh, Keith Richards was in it, and was talking oh, about the influence. Oh, I have seen this, but I him. haven't. It's like on my list, and I never got to it. Yeah, it's uh, it's really it was really good, and they 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 animate some of the the, way, the telling of the story. It was just done really well as a documentary, and uh, there talk are about the myth and there are lots of music documentaries as I'm discovering on both um, on both Netflix and Amazon. They all get green lighted, and and a lot of them are like they haven't paid for any of the music of the people they're talking about. So that's never played on it. And none of the people they're talking about are on the podcast. It's just like, <laughs> it's like music critic or someone talking about it and some archival footage and, and none of the music and none of the people, none of the musicians. Wow. So it's like, hmm. well, this one they had, so th- uh, this is a good one. Okay. They had his grandchildren and they had his, um, they had a lot of folks on this one and they played a lot of the music obviously. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, it was good. I mean, and did well, he, he sold his soul to the devil for that? Well, well, I'm not going to spoil it for you. Okay. I'm not going to spoil it. Okay, for they, you, they, they they solve that one. They answer that question. They 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 provide <laughs> they they provide options. Actually, okay. if you choose to believe that, you can. Uh, <laughs> it, but, do they have a dramatization of him selling his soul? They do. It's animated. It's awesome. Oh. Um, that is like considering how much time practice takes. That's not a you know no. I don't know people you have to think about that. It's not so bad off. You know. You're right. You spend a lot of time practicing to get better. That's that's the great line on uh, in Futurama when uh, Fry goes to the robot devil and says, "I want to get really good at playing without practicing." <laughs> and the I've robot devil says, "The robot devil says, hell is full of ten-year-old boys who wanted exactly the same thing." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's why they all yeah. sing about hell. Those, that's those, right. Those, those rock and rollers. It's, the devil. That's right. But no, it was uh, it, it was really an interesting, and you know what tragedy does in a person's life and how that affects them, and you know it was oh, good. Yeah. It was a really yeah. good story. I got to see that. Oh, and next, next, uh, as busy as I am, I, I I've got to set aside time to go to the the Chicago Blues Festival next week because it's like, when am I going to get yeah. to do that again? That's right. Just get on the. I mean, I don't know that our listeners know what an accomplished electric blues guitarist you are. I'm not that. No, I'm not. You, I'm. I'm. You are amazing. I'm okay. I, yeah. You are I have amazing. Some, I've been You've kind of skills, man. stuck at the same level forever, so I don't. But it's don't a know. really good level. Okay, that's all I'm saying. All right. <laughs> that's and, good. To hear. Uh, yeah. So. Well, thank you. Really enjoy that. So I thought you would want that, Robert Johnson. We yeah. don't talk much except on the podcast. So I thought I we kind of did that one last uh, year at school. It's yeah. Like, you know, let's not talk till we get on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know, say this for the podcast. It's good stuff. <laughs> okay. How all about right. Genesis? Yeah, this Genesis story. I've been hearing about this one. That's a good one. We can do some splaining here. All right. (laughs) Now, the whole earth had one language and the same words. And as they migrated from the east, they came upon a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. And they said to one another, come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone, and they had brick for stone and bitumen for mortar. And they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens, and let us make a name for ourselves. Otherwise we shall be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. The Lord came down to see the city and the tower which mortals had built. And the Lord said, Look, they are one people. They have all one language. And this is only the beginning of what they will do. Nothing that they purpose to do will now be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language there, so that they will not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad, and there over the face of 
and from there over the face of all the earth, and they left off building the city. Therefore it was called Babel, because the Lord confused the language of all the earth, and from there the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of all the earth. Right. So this is at the end of what we call the primeval history. Mm -hmm. Um, The first 11 chapters of Genesis are uh, God dealing with all of humanity. And I think I have characterized in the past that the primeval history is probably best understood as you have heard it said, but I say unto you that Mm -hmm. you've heard it said about creation, but I say unto you this, you've heard it said about the flood. And this is another place where that happens. You've heard it said Mm -hmm. about this tower. There is a story in the Enuma Elish, about these people that were building a tower uh, to uh, the Babylonian god and um, to Marduk and Enlil, and they were um, baking bricks and building it. It took them two years to do it, and everybody had rooms, and it was going to be great, and it's celebrated. And uh, the Bible's coming along and saying, you know that tower thing? <laughs> everybody good... had rooms? Everybody had this is Everybody dwelling? had rooms. The gods, oh. had, the gods had rooms. Oh, uh, okay. In, in it's the like, tower that they built, like a there. timeshare sort of thing. The, I assume so, because oh. there's a lot of gods you're trying okay. to rotate through. But, yeah. <laughs> but In that world. But they were very pleased with the gods. Were very pleased with the building of that particular tower. And uh, the Bible comes along, and and the Bible tells the same story. These mm-hmm. people are going to make a tower, and it's going to reach to the heavens. And I think the one thing we miss a little bit in English is that that's not just a statement of height. That heavens there is the the edge of creation. Mm-hmm. That uh, that word is, you know, God made the heavens and the earth, the Shemaim, and it's it's a dual word, and it and it re- refers to the place where the birds fly and the place where the stars and the moon and the sun are, and so they're planning on building a tower that basically goes to the edge of creation. They're going to go right in God's face with this. Mm. Um, so on some levels, they're trying to build something sort of like in the Enuma Elish, where the heavens and earth meet, um, but. Mm. Um, but they're not doing what God asked them to do. Okay. And they're not doing it because God asked them to. You will recall that God said to fill the whole earth and subdue it, and they decide to settle down in one place. Let's make a tower. <laughs> and let's yeah. make a tower, and let's make a name for ourselves. Now, that is an unfortunate translation because that's an English idiom for becoming famous, I think, mm. making a name for yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and in the ancient context, names give insight into character, and so making a name for yourself is to define your own character. We're not going to rely upon God to define who we are. We're going to define who we are. Okay. And it's not like if so, I can make it in Shinar, I can make it anyway. Right. Not it's, that not, okay. it's not that sense. No, it is I am going to, I'm going to define who I am. Uh, over, and it's, it's basically the same hubris that you get in the garden. You know, I don't want, yeah. I want to be like God. Right. And even going to storm the gates. And so I've always thought it was probably one of the first bits of humor that you get in the Bible when they're going to build this tower that's going to storm the gates of heaven and you get to verse five and it says, the Lord came down to see the city and the tower. God couldn't even see it from where they were. They were so proud of how tall it was. (laughs) It's like, I can't make it out. I'm going to have to go down to see where it is. So the mortals Mm. haven't come close to, uh, to the gates of heaven here. Um, And I, you know, for years I had always called this uh, the curse of Babel and, and the punishment of Babel. And I've started to revisit that partly because of our conversations regarding Pentecost mm-hmm. and that, that, um, that what is happening here isn't so much, um, I mean, it is, it is a punishment for their, for their hubris, 
but it is also putting them back on course to do what God had called them to do to begin with. Right. That, that, that God called them to fill the old earth and subdue it. They didn't. So God scattered them across the whole <laughs> earth to subdue it. And so, right. Um, this should be in people's them. diversity statements, I think. Yes. <laughs> got to get them back on Devil. the back on the path is basically yeah. the point. Um, I, I will say this, this whole, um, <laughs> he believes in diversity and he's anti brick. <laughs> <laughs> yes. God hates bricks so much. Now, um, I, I do think it's interesting that this story always has reminded me of sort of the Greek, uh, the Greek tragedy with the hubris, um, of that, which you were acting to prevent you bring about by your actions. Mm. Um, so, you know, they did not want yeah. God to, um, scatter them abroad over the face of the whole earth. So mm-hmm. as a result of their actions, God scattered them abroad over the face of the whole yeah, earth. Exactly. Um, it's like, well, God didn't want to have to do that either. He wanted you to scatter yourself across yeah. the face of the whole earth, but that's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's okay. I'll do it. I'll do it for <laughs> so, you. So, yeah. The I'll do it myself. Passive aggression of the Christ. But anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's, that's what's going on here. Was the tower ivory? I don't believe it was. Okay, because no. I know some people think that. So. I I do. <laughs> I don't know. Do you make, do you bake ivory bricks? Can you do that? I don't think you can do that. No, 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 no. no bricks, but well, see, bricks back then. <laughs> right, right. They weren't We're red white. bricks. No, no, no. Well, uh, but this is going to be important in Acts two, right? So we might want to save some of our gunpowder for that. It, it is. Although it's not. It's not. It's yeah, that's not referenced, but yeah, it's no. definitely in people's minds. It's, I was gonna say it's not referenced, but it sort of is underlying like, like the entire said, story. The, there, there is these permutations of a story, and we're just hearing the second or third one, and that's that's always interesting when you've you've read something forever and then you study it. It's like, oh, this is the third telling of that. Like, I that changes everything, right? Yeah, yeah, everything. Yeah, I think uh, framing it as you've heard it said, but I tell you is is. Uh, it's probably true of more, more of these. Well, lots in one through eleven, right? The oh, right, absolutely, history, right? Yeah, absolutely, and, and in other places as well. So that's true. There's this conversation. There's intertextuality. That's pretty much everywhere it in is. every culture, and, and and it's it's occasional. I mean, it, the 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 literature is occasional. The, the, these people were aware of these other stories and aware of these other traditions, and mm-hmm. the Bible is is aware of those other truths. So. Does it bother you that the Bible is predated by the Gilgamesh? No, it doesn't bother me. That other no. people were talking about creation? No, that doesn't surprise me. Or the flood? Yeah. No, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Um, the Bible is saying, when you think about the flood, it's not trying to prove anything. It's saying, right. when you think about these things, think about them this way. Right. And, and that's that's different than... Well, and that's that's almost a, a universal yeah. principle of communication. that you, you have to start where people are at. The, the, right. And... And then move them from there. You can't right. just start from scratch, you know. Right. Even when, even when you're talking about stories where God starts from scratch, it's like, no, it's right. not. Not actually. Not exactly. Not starting <laughs> from scratch. Actually, already got some ingredients there. People have already been talking about this. So. Yeah. 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 So Very you hear different. that in that context in my mind. Yeah. So situating that in the in the uh, ongoing conversation. Yeah, I was. Th- someone posted uh, on Twitter last night about um, how hard it is for them to preach from from the epistles, mm. and I don't entirely know what they're reacting to. But I'm thinking uh, you got to recreate the conversation somehow. You got to explore mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. other side of this ongoing dialogue to 
to make sense of the epistles yeah. and to situate them in their context. You've only got one side of a cell phone conversation. You're going to have to speculate on the other side. Yeah. Yeah. A, a portion of which, you know, you're walking through a room and hearing one side of an ongoing conversation. So <laughs> I had that happen. <laughs> that made me flee. I was picking up some food after church Wednesday night. And as I was walking by, these two women were having a conversation and I only heard the one woman say, and I told them that that's because their crystals weren't aligned right. And <laughs> I thought, I am not going to stand here any longer. <laughs> I'm going to, I don't know what the crystals were. I don't know. But apparently crystals weren't aligned right. And yeah. so that's why this person was having all this trouble. Well, I don't know. But, I, but, but let me say, I filled in the other parts of the conversation yeah. and I, I didn't want to be a part of oh, it. Oh, this, so. this is one of those anagram conversations. <laughs> I, I know what this is. Right, right. Oh. Don't start talking Pop, about the Enneagram. Popularly to, known as Dianetics. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get letters. <laughs> oh, this is a shout out to Val, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It is. Oh, man. Okay. How about Psalm 104? How about okay. that? Okay. All right. But you got to just let me read it and not interrupt, okay? You get to okay. talk afterwards, okay? Fine. Right. Okay. Sure you can do this? Okay. No. <laughs> oh, Lord, how manifold are your works. In wisdom, you have made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. Yonder is the sea. <laughs> I knew you couldn't get through it. <laughs> I knew. Every time we read it, you get choked on yonder. Well, that's why I said you don't get to talk now. <laughs> yonder is the great and wide. Creeping things innumerable are there. Living things, both small and great. There go the ships and Leviathan that you formed to sport it. Here be dragons. Step lively, me hearties. Oh, you're a briny barnacle. You're a salty one. I knew you couldn't do it. All right. These all look to you. I'm seeing pirates at this point. These all look to you to give them their food in due season. When you give to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are filled with good things. When you hide your face, they are dismayed. I do that with my dog sometimes. Yeah, yeah. When you take away their breath, they die and return to the dust. Okay, don't do that. You want to do that to your dog. (laughs) (laughs) When you send forth your spirit, they are created and you renew the face of the ground. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works. Who looks on the earth and it trembles? Who touches the mountains and they smoke? I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have been. May my meditations be pleasing to him, for I rejoice in the Lord. Let sinners be consumed from the earth, and let the wicked uh, be uh, no more. Uh, uh, no, you, you believe it or not, that's not part of the lectionary. Oh, it's not? You, no, the okay. only part, 35A is omitted uh, from our reading oh. here. And as a result, you only... Re- oh, so bless... Is... <laughs> yes, oh, okay. the happy part. Mine never does that. Mine never Okay. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Praise the Lord. R is like Selah. It is like... Welcome to our Talk Like a Pilot podcast. Try that in a psalm sometime. I do think it's funny that, you know, we don't want the unhappy bits. This is... This yeah. is a beautiful, beautiful psalm. This is one of the the last three of so such four. a good greeting card up to this point. What, what, 104, 105, and 106 are, are really celebrating 
well, different things. 104 celebrates God's creatorness, his, his notion of creator and creation. Mm-hmm. Uh, 105 celebrates the grace of God in history. And then 106, well, basically celebrates how much humans suck um, and how bad we are from history immemorial. But um, okay. that, but 104... What uh, day does that fall on? <laughs> <laughs> we don't do a lot of 106. Every day. <laughs> yeah, it should. Uh, but 104 is is this beautiful celebration of of creation. Um, humanity is is and pirates and pirates and, and pirates. Humanity. It, the, this psalm is more ecocentric than it is anthropocentric. Mm-hmm. You, you'll notice people don't really f- figure in as much I like as. That. Yeah, I mean Psalm eight as has the you know mm-hmm. people are created just a little lower than the angels. Yeah, as Psalm 104 that guy is was you know full of himself. And people and tigers mm-hmm. and you know all these things that are in the list also ran um, yeah and it is kind of a beautiful thing it focuses on that even the leviathan is which is normally thought of as sort of the personification of primordial chaos is thought of as playing in God's creation um, sporting mm-hmm. in it this is I think I've said before that this version of leviathan is much closer to what you see in God's speeches in Job where Job, it seems, was trying to rouse Leviathan to unmake creation, and God responds by saying, yeah, squeak, go squeak, ahead. Squeak, squeak, uh, Exactly. <laughs> it's a r- rubber ducky for no. the divine. No. You, know, you can't even, that's what John Well, Levinson that's kind of like the it. perspective on the tower, you know, the human perspective and the divine perspective. It is, perspective. it is. Yeah, yeah. This, is, this is God's perspective of, yeah, let's let, look at that little Leviathan playing around in there. So What's cute, sporting? they're so cute at that age. <laughs> they are primordial chaos, so cute at that age. Uh, it, it is a, it, it's again, the statement of power. Uh, I mean, we miss, you know, Leviathan sporting. I, I think most of, most of culture would understand Leviathan and chaos as sort of an equal but opposite villain. It's, you know, I don't know, Lex Luthor to, <laughs> to Superman. And it turns out that it's not even on the same page. I mean, it's, it's a created thing that is just okay. playing around in the water. I mean, so mm-hmm. it's a, it's a, a reframing of God's omnipotence in a way that is uh, really over. I mean, God's OP here, boy, he's like, he's overpowered in this, mm-hmm. uh, in this telling of the story. I like to drop the you know okay. lingo the kids use today. I'll write that so. down. <laughs> use that. Got to be careful where you use that though, because OP in gaming refers to overpowered, but OP on say Reddit or Twitter means original poster. So it's two different cultures that you have to. And it's the language, sher- sheriff's language son on TV. It's it is. Sheriff, it sheriff is. Taylor's son. To boomers, yes, yeah. it is Sheriff Taylor's son. Somehow related to Aunt B. Somehow, I'm not, I'm not really we clear. Don't, we don't ask a lot of questions yeah. about that, do we? So yeah. anyway, so that's the psalm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm going to put in some Annie Griffith music between the transitions. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, just enough should that always we don't be get our sued. transition music. <laughs> just so much that we don't get sued. All right. Anyway. That's a great song. It is. Except for yes. that first half of the last verse. Except for that last <laughs> verse. That's <laughs> clearly not original. Yeah, that's odd. Wow. So... How do you read this from a lectionary perspective? Just uh, what Psalm one hundred and four? Yeah, one hundred and four, one and eleven. The diversity. I mean, I think obviously the the eleven is supposed to be, you know, setting up the Acts two passage. But I mean, I think one hundred and four is is it's a power of God thing in my mind. Oh, okay. Um, That that it is. I mean, 
I always set 104 in the context of exile and, and the desire for new creation, the desire for a new exodus, desire for God's power to come. And so I think that's the, you know, may the glory of the Lord endure forever and rejoice in his works. That's, you know, don't, mm-hmm. don't hide your face. So we're not dismayed. Don't take away our breath. Okay. Send okay. us back. I, I mean, it's, it's a celebration of who God is to get us out of the, the ex, exilic setting that they're sitting in at the moment. So, okay. So yeah, I, 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 I was writing essays for three positions I'm applying for, and they all yes. required statements on diversity. <laughs> it's like, that's all I see. Everything is about diversity <laughs> here. I'm surprised. I'll well, have to yeah. go back and put this in there. Well, and, and certainly a, a celebration of Colossians 120, right? Where God has redeemed all things mm-hmm. to himself, not everyone to himself. Yeah. That, that right. God does, that God enjoys this. Yes. Um, this, this wonderful, diverse. Right planet that we have it, yeah it's it, celebrated it, it, it uh it i this tells us more about in in some sense uh, about god than psalm 8 i mean psalm yes. 8 is kind of like our own awareness of our place thinking about our place but this tells us something about okay this is this god's into this diversity right. thing he makes incredible diversity and he doesn't want right. doesn't want you to all be in one place with one language and, and the, like the whole psalm celebrates that same thing yeah it's, it's really beautiful. Yeah. Interesting perspective. All right. So how do you want to do this? Do you, <laughs> do you want to do John first and then Acts, or do you want to do Acts Let's first do and Acts then John? Let's do Acts and then John. Let's try that. Okay. Let's do Acts. Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 21. Can you read this like a pirate would read it? Right. I'm not going to do that. No. I'm not going to do <laughs> yeah. that. You can add the sound effects okay. in later. Uh, when the day of Pentecost did come, they were all together in one place, and suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind. <laughs> and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as a fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at, the sound, at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, <laughs> I'd like to know the difference mm. between that, uh-huh. uh, they asked, are not all these who are speaking Galileans, how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and all parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, in our own language, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed. <laughs> Again, I like the two, I like the two <laughs> adjectives. <laughs> Saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, they are filled with new wine. Because when people get drunk, they're able to speak that way, apparently. Yeah. Uh, but Peter, standing with the eleven, raised it. Now wait a minute: is Peter and the eleven, or he's, are we not counting Matthias? Yeah. No, we're counting. Is he him. number twelve? He's Peter's number twelve, and Matthias is in the other mix. Okay, sure he is. Raised yeah. his voice and addressed them, men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem. Let this be known to you, and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. I like his argument there. Yeah, that's <laughs> well. He certainly ran circles around us logically on that one. Uh-huh. Uh, no, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days, it will be God declares that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. 
Even upon my slaves, both men and women in those days, I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heaven, heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness, the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Right. Well, that's a very well-known passage, right? It is. And uh, I don't know. Sometimes I sometimes I just read through it and think I get it, and, and it's so extraordinary that you don't don't think about it that much. But I was uh, just before the podcast, I go, you know what? I read some sources; they weren't helpful at all because that's kind of how they approached it. It's like, well, we all know what this is about. That's such, <laughs> such a helpful thing. I woke up. I read them last night. I woke up this morning. I go, you know what? They didn't tell me anything about this. So yeah, I began to ask, like, well, what do tongues of fire mean? You know, what is the rushing wind? I didn't really think about that. But yeah. some people associate that with um, uh, empowerment. Like th- those are associated with uh, Elijah, uh, in some sense. Uh, tongues, you just tongues of you, you just got me thinking about this. That. Um, that word could also be the same as um, as creation. Um, What's that? What word? The wind. The wind of yeah. creation bl- right. blowing over the, the yeah. spirit of the deep. Right. Right. And um, <laughs> people. Some people say this is setting up the uh, the wind is associated with heaven. This the 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 the, the um, uh, God's spirit uh, moving or, the, yeah. or uh, God's yeah. power issuing from the heavens and then the sign on earth is the uh, tongues of fire. But uh, it's not as though that is ever a repeated miracle, although no, the tongues no. are, but not the, the manifestation of fire. Um, that it's, it's interesting. And it kind of, it kind of sets you up for uh, the Joel uh, the prophecy from Joel with the uh, signs in the heavens and on earth. So, uh, but a, kind of an, ex- in some dimensions, extraordinary and, and one time, but also, in fulfillment of what John the Baptist says in all of the all of the Gospels, that mm-hmm. um, he will baptize you in spirit, <clears throat> he will immerse you in spirit, and it's interesting. You think about things that are set in motion in a narrative. Luke is the only one who actually records that event. Yeah, um, actually happening. It's you don't you don't get that in in any of them, but uh, Luke and um, and this is this is not unrelated to. The ascension of Jesus, who has uh, be- taken his place as universal <clears throat> Lord, and uh, all the actions at issue after that are put in in a universal sort of uh, context. This isn't uh, just a, a Judean prophet or something like that, yeah, or a Galilean prophet. It is a uh, this is universe. This is an action from the universal Lord from heaven, which is going to uh, affect uh, all nations and. Uh, and I guess, as we've said, like in like in Babel, this is going to ultimately uh, spread people uh, across the earth. Although yeah, that may really... not be in Peter's mind, he might think in the diversity of like uh, like annual conference. Well, every yeah. it's all varieties of my denomination are here. Exactly, you know? exactly. from like all over the guys. Rich Look, tapestry of Baptists Jews from everywhere. <laughs> yeah, have yeah. come. All right. Yeah, it is. It is. You you really got me thinking about this about Babel when I said that I saw Pentecost as a reversal of Babel. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you saw it as a repeat of Babel. Well, and, and, and the and I subtext, think you're right. I think that there's that subtext there. Yeah. It's certainly I do. I mean, on, on the surface it is because it's uh, go ahead. And well, just, just that it is the spirit that, that 
now has unified the spirit, has given the same language, if you will, and, mm-hmm. and a reminder that God speaks the language of the people wherever mm-hmm. they might be. The gospel yeah. is translatable, is a remarkable thing. Mm-hmm. And so that in some level is an undoing of what happened at Babel. But mm-hmm. the but that spreading upon the face of the whole earth is something that now we start to see, that we go from Jerusalem, Judea, uttermost parts right. of the world, and that that, as you point out, is sort of the subtext of of Acts all the way through, that we're getting you out of Jerusalem. and uh, Yeah. So on, on the surface, the movement is a good thing, just like you pointed out on Babel. That's not a bad thing. That's part of God's uh, initial original commission. Right. I, it becomes a, a subtext for me in my reading of Acts emerges as you see resistance to that. Because right. you, don't, you don't see any resistance to that at, at Babel. It's like they just left off, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the building. Here, this is a long... Uh, a long narrative with uh, people associated with Jerusalem as a cultural center who resist right. what God right. is doing. And that's when later, kind of in a retrospective, uh, probably a reader who's paying attention will have a retrospective sort of like thinking back like, oh, this is not just uh, not just blessing and, and, and good things, but um, there is a idolatrous element there is that a little bit of a, there's that critique. And it, actually mm-hmm. this is one of the most surprising things that surprised me as I'm following leads in my doctoral research. Like, Oh, there's a way more of a critique. The further you get into acts about having an idolatrous um, perspective on Jerusalem and the temple or thinking of it as the center and somehow and right. clinging to that, despite what God is actually mm-hmm. doing in your midst. And that, that is, cast in a, an idolatrous light. And, and we've talked about that before on the, on the podcast. So yeah, it has both of those. This is a good thing. This is a, this is a kind of repeat of the good thing of God is spreading people over the, 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 the whole earth in a, in a new context, in a, a new uh, chapter. Um, but there is an echo of, uh, that's an idolatrous thing they were doing at Babel. And that's right. not unlike what some, some people's perspective on uh, things in, in Acts. So. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's interesting. I've never heard. I, of course, you know, it's, if it surprises right. you, and you're the one doing the doctor research, you're probably not going to hear that somewhere else. You're not going to hear it anywhere else. It yeah. is. It's pretty pretty startling. Yeah, you get both sides of that. I've always said what a radical and dangerous miracle this is. Anytime I t- taught translation, I always said that you'd learn how dangerous this miracle is because you know it would have been in my mind. You know, now I always tell the students, I would be much happier if they would all learn Hebrew and Greek and we could, you know, have the conversations on the Hebrew and the Greek. Mm -hmm. Um, And and yet here comes Pentecost that says, no, 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 it's okay. The gospel will speak your language and in your language, it's the gospel. It's not the gospel in translation. It's the gospel. And I said, you know, think about that for a second is, you know, we've got this Hebrew Bible, I've got this Greek Bible, and and yet I also carry around an English Bible that says Holy Bible. It doesn't say Bible in English translation. Mm-hmm. It says Holy right. Bible. Right, right. And, and that is, we consider it, even though we all recognize the limitations of translation, or many of us recognize the limitations of translation, mm-hmm. and the challenges of translation, and two translations can often say things that are at least contrasting, if not conflicting, and mm-hmm. And yet, at the end of the day, oh, they're both God's word. They are mm-hmm. both the God. They're both the gospel. They are both the Bible. That is that's a radical and dangerous miracle at that level to me. Um, mm-hmm. To have mm-hmm. that kind of yeah, that yeah. kind of attitude toward yeah. this, you know, <laughs> right, 
Right. It's it's like, really, uh, God, are we sure you want to do this miracle? Mm-hmm. No, no, no. We're good with this. It's still the Bible. It's still the gospel, no matter what language it's in. Really, though? You know, <laughs> and, and and that might, you know, circle back to some of our thinking about Scripture or God's Word, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't matter what if it's in Greek or Hebrew, if God's not in the conversation, God's not in the actions and activity. Yeah. That's questionable, you know. Right. But if God is in it, in the sending, in the midst of, uh, you know, um, what's happening, you know, when we planted that church on another continent, it doesn't look like we thought, but God seems to be at work there and it's, yeah, take, it's right. taking root in, you know, becoming an indigenous, you know, growth. Uh, yeah. So if God's not in the, in the mixed, it doesn't make, it doesn't make any difference what language it is. You know, yeah. The, the mm. perils of, Perils of translation. I never noticed that it had, it said, um, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes. I had never seen, yeah. I'd never noticed that it said proselytes. So, which means both, I noticed it and I got nothing to say about it. It's just, it's, right. it's, uh, it's curious, unless that's a hint. Of course, uh, hmm, well, I haven't thought about it. And I'm thinking about like, do you become, does Acts have a perspective that you need to become a Jewish proselyte to? become part of God's Receive, people or yeah. really doesn't really. That's kind of that's one of the big questions yeah. they're trying to solve. Like, does that's, this mean you become Jewish or does that matter anymore? Or does it culturally, do we need those trappings or not? Well, as I've said several times, the story of the book of Acts is the story of them being dragged to inclusivity. And so this would sort of be the first steps, you know, Jews and proselytes get the spirit. Okay. So Gentiles who have converted, get the spirit. Cool. That's good. What about uh, eunuchs who can't convert? Yeah. Well, no. What about right. Samaritans who are, well, right. okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. What about a Gentile who could be a proselyte, but decides not to be? Yeah. All right. Well, now, now we've gone too far. Right. Hold on a minute. What We're going to need to get a, a household that hasn't been baptized yet, but already right. got the spirit, you know? What, a, what about a lame beggar? Could he get the spirit with yeah. a Jewish beggar? So, yeah, it, I think that you might, might be that first step on pushing people in that, in that mm-hmm. direction, maybe. Yeah, that raises an interesting issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cretans, some of you might have those in your <laughs> church. Yeah. Still around today. <laughs> <laughs> That's not very nice. No, it's not. <laughs> I didn't go to that church anymore. <laughs> You were asked to leave. <laughs> well, I'm, I, I see the word Arabs, and I'm reminded of <clears throat> some um, Malaysian students I used to have when I was teaching linguistics um, at State University out, out west. And they talked about their practice of listening to the Quran in, in Arabic. I said, oh, do you speak mm-hmm. Arabic? No. <laughs> no, yeah, I right. don't. Yeah. But, it, but that's, you don't translate that. Or if it's translated, translate. it's very it's much. No longer the, it's, it's no longer no the longer, Quran. Yeah, it's no longer God's word. Yeah. yeah. So that's, uh, that's an interesting Interesting difference. Uh, Which I think is what a lot of people would really like in our churches. <laughs> yeah. would, you know, they really want it to be, you know, nice, hard and fast, and this is it. And I mean, the Quran had a great way of dealing with textual variants in the first generation of the transmission of the Quran. They gathered them up and burned them. And so okay. this, is the, <laughs> this is the one. It's like, well, there you go. That's not a problem at all. There you go. And so, and this is, it doesn't, you have to learn Arabic if you want to read the Quran. And I mean... And there's a really sexy origin story with the Quran. And, and, you know, we, we don't have that with our holy book. We have, you know, we saved a guy's mail because uh, we thought yeah. it was cool. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then it ended up being scripture. I mean, yeah. you know, this is a really boring story at the end of the day. And I always say it's a great example of God taking something ordinary, um, writing a history or transmitting mail and turning into something extraordinary, which is scripture. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and even though I think on some level we really desire that Quran story, uh, yeah, we didn't get that. We got a much more ordinary, unsexy version. 
mm-hmm. which is so. a lot closer to life <laughs> it, on some levels. Not just yeah. Handed down from a mountain or from heaven directly. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Or on golden tablets or, on, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of, mm-hmm. a lot of groups that have very, you know, supernatural origin stories for their text. Yeah. Even the, even the, the myths that were coming out about the Septuagint, mm-hmm. you know, that to yeah. try and support yeah. it. Yeah. And yet, you know, that's not what we ended up with. And that's, I don't know. I, I'm always so heartened by that. It's mm-hmm. that I'm heartened by that. Just like I am the rejection of the Diatessaron. No, no, no. We'll take the four conflicting portraits of Jesus, mm-hmm. yeah. not the harmony. Really? Wow. Yeah. I'm so proud. Cause <laughs> that's not, I don't think what the church would do today. Right. <laughs> so. Yeah. Peter had not been known for an exegete of the prophets up to this point. I wouldn't think no, but, uh, seems not to... well. Needs <laughs> to come into his own here. Uh, yeah, so it's a kind of an extraordinary transition that we're, we're used to, but on the heels of just pretty much daily failure on the part of the disciples, you know. Yeah. yeah. They really are uh, transitioned, transformed by the, the empowering of the Spirit. Very interesting. Yeah. And, and women, as uh, people who proclaim God's word, uh, has early origins here as oh, yeah. sons and daughters will prophesy. Yeah. This, you could uh, not here. find a more inclusive statement. It's almost as though they're just, just drilling the point home, you know, yeah. I get it. Yeah. I get it, Joel. I'll get it. Everyone. Okay. Yeah. Everyone. The spirit but, has been poured out. Now everyone gets to preach. And the narrator says, but did he get it? <laughs> he did not. And we find out he didn't quite understand. Joel got it. Peter does. Yes. yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> Catching up with the prophets. That's a pretty good name. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> that'd be, that'd be a good book name, Catching Up with the Prophet. Catching Up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, great text. Right. So let's okay, do well, John. Do John? John is actually yeah. talking about the same stuff, but it always in a sure weird is, way. Sure, in a totally different way. Yeah. So this is verses 8 through 17 and 25 and 20 through 27 of Just chapter ju- 14. Juicy bits. Just the, the faith nuggets. Uh, verse 8, Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. <laughs> That's all I need. Uh, verse 9, Jesus said to him, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father's in me. But if you do not, then believe me because of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do. And in fact, will do greater works than See? these because I, I'm going Pentecost. to the Father. <laughs> I will do whatever you ask in my name so the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate <coughs> to be with you forever. This is the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him because he abides with you, and he will be in you. I've said these things to you while I'm still with <laughs> you. Is that good? Wink, wink. <laughs> but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you all of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. Yeah. <laughs> Why did they laugh when they got to that point? <laughs> <laughs> I am now speaking to you in contemporaneously. <laughs> yes, you are hearing me talk. <laughs> <laughs> talk. 
always telling my kids about that. Filling them in on Al Gore. We were talking on about the Al Gore doll. Simpsons. Yeah. yeah. Oh my. Well, <laughs> a lot of, a uh, lot of Joe and I way of talking about the giving of the spirit. Um, and, uh, let's see. Boy, what was I thinking last night? I was, I was seeing things. I, I can't good. remember what, but it was good too. It was good. It was like, yeah, thoughts, all those Mike. same, all those same things. Cause I said, read in the same order, I read Pentecost and I read this. And uh, I'm not seeing any of them. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Welcome to our real-time edits. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's always good to have a foil like Philip, who uh, helps you summarize and reiterate yeah. things you've been talking about for some time. But uh, actually, this is early on in the, um, well, it's in somewhere, it's kind of in the center of the first half of the Upper Room Discourse, which is largely devoted to uh, the experience experience of Jesus' departure uh, in in John, and that would be, that's not, that's not foreign from uh, ascension language, you know? Right. People weren't that's saying, right. don't ascend, you know, uh, in, in the Matthew, Mark, and Luke are talking about is a, having problems with ascension, but here is much more um, being bereft of a, uh, the one who has been your advocate, one who has been your comforter, and uh, it raises uh, the useful question for like, well, how how do we understand this? And how do we understand the experience of you after you uh, go to the Father or ascend? But the uh, the implications of Jesus' ascension prior to Pentecost, which put it in a universal context of empowerment for doing and continuing the works of Jesus, those themes are here. That uh, you will, I'm going to the Father. It's talking about enthronement. It's talking about... Um, mm-hmm. Um, empowerment to for them to do his works, and in, in a greater sense, it's not it's not going to do anything greater than raising Lazarus. You know, you're going to right. you're all going to be doing it. It's better that you all go about uh, the works of Jesus, and you're all that that uh, revelation of God in the world as compared to just simply the the incarnate Christ. Um, so he is in many in ways. If you read through John, it is that uh, the community continues that work of incarnation that was mm-hmm. that was singularly present in Jesus ministry but now is uh uh widely available and the experience of the uh, spirit is one of indwelling and abiding and um and uh, not just um that Jesus is going away but he is also returning to them and the father as well who will will dwell in them and uh uh respond to their prayers prayer so Jesus is uh, understood as um He's understood as an intercessor, uh, particularly in Luke and in Acts. Uh, that's one of the great things about him being um, ascended is that he is the he's our intercessor in heaven, and mm. and here is talking about responding to our prayers. But it's prayer in the context of of mission. You know, that's not sounds like a blanket statement, but I've tried it out. Yeah, you can you can <laughs> ask for some stuff and you don't get it. And uh, that might be because it's not in his name when you're <laughs> when you're asking That's, for that. The, could be it. That is cool. Like trying to remember devices. that name actually means character. Yeah. Then yes, that's probably yeah. right. That has little to do with consumer electronics, as it turns out. <laughs> um, yeah, I still what have. Is, I think I have an iPhone seven or something like that. My pretty old, so classic. Um, what is Philip asking for? Um, show us the Father. What is what is that? What is he wanting? Is he wanting the heavens to open and God to pop in? I mean, what is what does show us the Father and we'll be satisfied mean? Yeah. Well, he's been Jesus has been talking in a confusing manner about the Father and and going to the Father and and uh, it, it is 
it is really, if you think about the the primary Johannine themes, is that Jesus is come to display who who God is. He's the right. light that shows the uh, creation, uh, reveals God to creation, and and that has been the theme from the first verses of the of the of the gospel. And then it's been it's been dramatized in the actions of Jesus, typically followed by a discourse which says, "This is." I'm revealing, you know, I only do the works of the Father. Everything I do is the, from the Father, the one who sent me. I'm just doing the one, the will of the one right. who sent me. Or he talks about himself as an apprentice who does the, what he sees his father doing. Uh, so this is one of those, like, why are we studying this? You know, this is like last, last okay. podcast. It's, it's a question okay. late in the day, late in the course, like, why are we studying this? You know, right. it gives him occasion to talk about it another way. So many, much of what you see in, um, in the upper upper room discourse are it's reiterating themes you've seen dramatized in his life um, and in ministry prior to this. And also you will see it post Easter dramatized his coming to the community has been appearing in the midst of the community. Um, so it is, um, it's a community that's experiencing Jesus through the spirit and very, very reflective and intentional about that and record and, and um, including that in this kind of post-resurrection telling of a gospel, uh, mm-hmm. so Philip is this convenient foil to uh, okay. to bring okay. forth those things. You know, notice there's you know I've always got my red letter. It's always like there's a question. It's not like a dialogue. It's just like Jesus, yeah. will you give a soliloquy on a, yeah. <laughs> a monologue on the, Father, on the Father? Thank you. Yes, I think I will. Why, in fact, I will. Yeah, yeah. Like I how could you asked. not know? This is like everything I do every day. Fills my daytimer. Show us the Father. That's what he's, <laughs> that's what he's doing. Remember that time when people picked up rocks and were going to throw it at me? Yeah, that's the Father. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was saying I was showing them the Father. Didn't sit well. That, that's very helpful, I think. I, I had not considered that ascension language could be thought of as advocacy, that that enthronement of, but, it, but I was thinking of it in terms of enthronement, but thinking mm-hmm. of it in terms of, of an advocate who intercedes for us on behalf of the father. Mm-hmm. And then so that helps me understand. I will send you another advocate mm-hmm. that, that, mm-hmm. that helps me make sense of that line. That Yeah. Yeah. Um, An advocate is good language for this trial theme in, in, uh, in John throughout John. Yeah, yeah. There's, you know, John come, John the Baptist comes as a witness, gives testimony mm-hmm. and, and uh, Jesus is always on trial. The, the the narratives of Jesus' ministry are framed like he's on trial. Um, kind of the larger than life, man born blind, who kind of embodies so many things of right. the uh, human conversion experience. He's put on trial immediately. So an advocate is a good thing to have. Yeah. As I'm realizing well, as was... I'm selling my house, here in Illinois, <laughs> they require you to have two lawyers at well, your Well, renting is also one in which you could really, we've discovered we need an <laughs> yeah. advocate for yeah. as well. So. Yeah. But, uh, you know, that's something that is so important in Job. I mean, Job desper- is mm-hmm. desperate for an advocate, an umpire. An umpire. Translation says. <laughs> who can, someone Great who can put a hand on both of us. It's like, uh, it's an ad. Someone who, who can hear my case, hear God's case, and not be intimidated by God. Mm. Um that was Job's desire. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, he's like, I guess that guy's not showing. I'll do it myself. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that the mediating presence is an interesting, mm-hmm. I mean, and then you get that a little bit in, in Hebrews, don't you? The high priest and mm-hmm. 
um, so that Jesus as advocate and media, I, I'd never thought of it in terms of in the gospels, I guess. Yeah. I thought, I thought of it in Job and I thought of it in Hebrews. I never thought of it <laughs> in, in the John. gospels. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so. in Luke, Jesus is praying all the time. Anything that ever happens dramatically, that's divine. Jesus has been praying all night before that, or he's in the midst of prayer. And evidently that yeah. habit didn't end when he ascended back to heaven. So he's still, <laughs> he's still advocating, oh, that's uh, or that's good. to be understood as Jesus, the intercessors. I think someone's, dissertation on, on, uh, as you continue that theme into acts, uh, it's kind of, uh, assumed that that is one of the roles he's plays in the, and the benefits of uh, the Ascension. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It's so, it's so, it's such a convoluted or side door into a conversation often in John. And yet there is an overlap between these, yeah. these conventional stories of, of mission and, and uh, the experience of the Spirit, the role of the Spirit in mission, um, mm-hmm. it just sounds so foreign in, in John. It's just a, it's a, it's a different sort of telling. So and they call, him, they call the, the, um, John the, a, a radical conservator. What he's doing is he's, he's radically, he's poking you, he's provoking you, he's, he's telling the things from the tradition in a very different way to preserve the tradition. Uh, yeah. to, uh, to give a fresh rendering and maybe a deeper, a deeper, um, kind of a viewpoint from having experienced this for some time, a community that's not just heard of the promise of this as an entering into it, but is like, here's re- the reflections of a, a, a wise community, a, a community yeah. that has walked in the, uh, profundity of the spirit for, for decades. So, you know, I, I came up in your sort of standard theological training and, um, one of the things that we often heard was that uh, John is uh, totally independent and unaware of the synoptic stories, and that's why it reads the way it does. Mm-hmm. And like I just Genesis accepted that. Genesis is a creation account. For, yes. There's no predecessor. Just there are totally no Totally unaware. Yeah. Uh, but then, but the funny thing is, I never put together. Then they'd also go on to give the dates, right? You know, 60, 70, 80. John probably in the 90. Yeah. Um, I said, like, so okay, the synoptics predate them. So what you're asking me to believe they didn't is know anything about them. that they didn't know anything about Jesus uh, at 90 CE. This church has never heard any of these <laughs> yeah, stories. Right. And, and I just, and now, I mean, after my association with you, I, I cannot imagine reading John without sort of seeing it as the occasion of the synoptics as motivating, you know, and giving, uh-huh. a, and now, and here acts, giving yeah. a little bit of context for how to hear these stories for the community. It's, I, yeah, yeah, I just, I just never kind of put together. There's a lot of scholarship out there. It doesn't stand the test of thinking about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there really is. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it's a good acid know. test. <laughs> Think Just about sort of it for ep- five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> The epistemological basis of some of this, I just do not. Our libraries I, would be much smaller. <laughs> Commentaries would be pamphlets. <laughs> you know, if if only our, you know, what the first question on our dissertation defenses would have been. But is it though? But is it? <laughs> is think, it though? But think about it. Is it? Think about. It. Think about it. Or though. just it? really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So let me just make sure I understand your argument. These have been, these are second generation Christians who don't know any of the stories of Jesus. Got it. (laughs) Who is this Jesus of which you speak? Oh, that's, it's helpful. (laughs) I tell you, I had a student student who said that in one of my classes. (laughs) No, I used to do it a time or two as a joke. I had a student from Mongolia and this is one of my first years teaching at at Judson. I was in chapel six. It was a big class for back then. I was surprised because they gave me such big classes, but uh, it was a, he was a, a, 
not an exchange student, but an international student yeah. from a remote part in Mongolia. And he was sitting in the back, and he, 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 one of the students came up afterwards. He said, you know, uh, the student in the back, he leaned over to me and said, who is this Jesus of which you're speaking? <laughs> I Wow. I don't think the student was, and he was kidding serious. me. He think he was, yeah. he was, he was the student telling me this was serious, and I, whether he understood him correctly or not. But that's like, okay, hmm, okay, I'm gonna have to regear this. I'm gonna step I, I, this down even further. I'm gonna have to take a few more steps back. <laughs> you don't need to yeah. know the answer to that question to succeed in this class. <laughs> no, I think that worked into my my introduction in later uh, uh, New Testament introductions. You, know, you really don't need to know. Have, it right. doesn't presuppose any language. Case right. in point. Right. Yes. <laughs> Right. I used to say the same thing. So, you know, this is not going to be Sunday school. One of the first indications, it's not Sunday. That should have been a clue uh-huh. from the very beginning. Right, right. And you're here. Oh. Yeah. Exactly. No flannel graph. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening this week. Hope that uh, you've gleaned something on this great day of Pentecost. Hope that you will like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, shoot us an email at readinginchurch at gmail.com. Have a great week. Have a great week. Blessings. Blessings. Reading in Church is proud to partner with Audible.com. For you, the listeners of this podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. They have over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, MP3 player. Surely you can find something interesting in all of that. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash readinginchurch. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash readinginchurch for your free audiobook. Go there today.